Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone, rest your Hello, Edwin. Hey, Andrew. It's Monday, man. I'm excited about a new week. A new week to look at a new chapter of God's Word. We are continuing our conversations and devotions, walking through the Gospel of Matthew. And today... Matthew chapter 10. I am excited about Matthew chapter 10. However, I have to admit the conversation that I hope we can talk about right now is it may not be quite as pleasant as some of the other conversations we get to have. Well, I probably wouldn't lead with that, but okay. Hey man, don't <laughs> bury the lead. Wait it a bleeds, second. it leads. They're already they're already fast forwarding. I can see that. Is <laughs> well, there, is there I, a takeout? We're gonna <laughs> an, an outtake. Oh yeah, an outtake. Takeout is lunch. Yeah, let's not talk about that yet. Yeah, okay. Matthew chapter ten. I, I want. We're gonna talk a little bit about judgment. So as uh, Andrew, as I read this, kind of listen for some of that talk. In Matthew chapter ten, beginning at verse one in the English Standard Version, and he called to him his twelve disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal every disease and every affliction. The names of the twelve apostles are these, first Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew his brother, James the son of Zebedee, and John his brother, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew the tax collector, James the son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus, Simon the Cananean, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. These twelve Jesus sent out, instructing them, Go nowhere among the Gentiles, and enter no town of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel." And proclaim as you go, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers, cast out demons. You receive without paying, give without pay. Acquire no gold, nor silver, nor copper for your belts, no bag for your journey, nor two tunics, nor sandals, nor staff. For the laborer deserves his food. And whatever town or village you enter, find out who is worthy in it, and stay there until you depart. As you enter the house, greet it. And if the house is worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it is not worthy, let your peace return to you. And if anyone will not receive you or listen to your words, shake off the dust from your feet when you leave that house or town. Truly, I say to you, it will be more bearable on the day of judgment for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah than for that town. Wow. Wow is right. <laughs> Where we pick up this reading, though, I can't help but notice at the end of chapter 9 of Matthew, he had told his disciples that they needed to pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. And as chapter 10 begins, he is setting aside 12 of these disciples, calling them and uh, preparing them, instructing them, as you read well, to go out into the harvest, to go be workers in the Lord's harvest. Pray for laborers, mm -hmm. and here are laborers. Here are laborers. And Jesus, of course, though it's not here in this text, but when he chooses the 12, according to Luke, he actually spends all night in prayer mm -hmm. prior to the selection of these men that he are, he's going to send out as his ambassadors. As Matthew is telling the story, um, we've met some of these names before. Simon and Andrew and James and John and mm -hmm. all of these. Uh, Matthew, of course, got some special attention in the last chapter. But then some other name drops for the first time. Among those, Judas, who would also betray him. G uh, Matthew is not uh, burying the lead. He's, he's, <laughs> he's letting us know straight up, this is what's coming. This is not a mystery novel. Yeah. This is not, we're going to wait and give you all the details as you pick them out as you go along. He's like, look, y'all know how this story ends. And, and that's, I think, something important for us to understand about Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. 
these these stories were not written down in order to reveal to people here's what happened per se. Right. Though of course some people would read them for the first time at, at some point in history. But what Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John were doing were recording the oral traditions that the Christian community Mm -hmm. had already been passing along among themselves, because there is a recognition that obviously over time, if all we have is oral traditions, that can can start to expand and become legendary and even mythic. And what we need to do is put it in a form that restricts all of that. And so they were, were writing these things down, not to reveal new things to the Christian community, but to set the, the story, this is the gospel, and, and this is where we need to stay with what the gospel is. And in that writing, it is the will of God and the work of God that these things should be written. These apostles are inspired writers. And so uh, the, there's a guidance and a promise guidance that their recollections and uh, and their words would be just as God would have them to be. Well, and that, but getting back to your point, right here, right up, you know— First third of the book, we're letting you know. Oh yeah, there's Judas, and that there's a betrayal. And coming. he's the one's betrayal. You're not going to be shocked when that betrayal happens. The other thing that I, I I'm just aware of, I guess, as these names are listed, is hey, here's Judas, and he's one of the twelve first cut from the very beginning, uh, which makes that betrayal, I think, all the more painful and disappointing. Yes, uh, eventually. Yes, absolutely. Judas got to go on the road with this limited commission and have these powers and all such as that. He got to witness all of these things, and having Mm -hmm. tasted the Spirit, when he falls away, he does not get renewed. Mm -hmm. I Mm -hmm. think the Hebrew writer highlights some issues about that. We, we, We are not surprised once we're told this about Judas. To me, the most surprising thing is how few of these men actually get um, highlighted throughout the rest of the Bible. Mm-hmm. Uh, really, there's very little said about most of these guys. That's true. Even Matthew, we've got a couple of vignettes about him in the Gospels, and then we know that he wrote this Gospel through historical tradition and right. passing that information right. along, but we don't know much about his work. No. Uh, we we see Peter mm-hmm. in the book of Acts. We see a little bit of James and John in the book of Acts. Of course, James is going to get executed right. Right. Uh, pretty quickly. But uh, very little is said about most of these guys throughout any of Scripture, and that's that's kind of a surprising thing. So here's here's these fellows that are linchpins, if you will. I mean, there's even passages in the New Testament that refer to them as the foundation. That's what I was going to say. They're, they're the foundation, and Jesus is the cornerstone. Mm-hmm. But we don't hear a lot about them. No. And again, that demonstrates to us that the gospel is about Jesus. That's right. Everyone, every, the rest of us, we have our role, and our roles. Mm-hmm. may seem more significant or less so, but you know the reality is even historically as the gospel is recorded in the story of the church, even these people that have what seem to us as really significant roles, they're minor characters compared to Jesus. That's right. That's right. As you were reading these instructions that Jesus gives them as he sends them out, as we're moving forward in the chapter, I knew I'd get all that out. <laughs> he is preparing them um, to go and do some teaching and preaching Fascinating to me, he begins by telling them where not to go. So we often refer to this as the limited commission because we're going to hear the great commission later that says go everywhere. Go into all the world. That's where Matthew's gospel ends. Now it is go to these limited places. Yeah, so do not go 
to a city of the Samaritans. Do not go in the way of Gentiles. We were talking a little bit how uh, one of the miracles that Jesus performed in casting the demon out into the swine, probably in the area of the Decapolis, there were some pockets of Gentiles and Gentile communities in the land. Jesus would make a decision at times to go through the region of the Samaritans and go talk to Samaritans, but not now, not for these. Interestingly, if I can highlight something on this, you're bringing out this issue of the restriction about the Gentiles, I think demonstrates that Matthew is doing a really interesting thing with this chapter and the instruction that he provides, Okay, because he's taking the instruction that Jesus gave to the apostles for this limited commission, and there are parts of it that seem like, okay, as I'm reading this, this is just about them and their limited commission. Mm-hmm. And then there are other parts that seem to be just about them and their work. And then there are other parts that seem to be just about the Christian testimony yeah. and evangelism throughout. Kind of uh, what it means to follow Jesus. Because here, notice, it's go nowhere among the Gentiles. But when we get down to verse 18, which we didn't read in today's reading, you will be dragged before governors and kings for my sake to bear witness before them and the Gentiles. Mm -hmm. So this is actually telling us something about how the gospel is structured. Matthew is telling us, here are the things that Jesus said to the apostles, and sometimes these things are just for them, and sometimes it's just for what they were doing right in that moment. But he also structures and, and picks and chooses the things to say because he is wanting to set the stage for everybody who's ever going to read this throughout all of history. Sure. And so we're, we're looking for those kinds of applications. And it, and it, takes, a, it takes some time to read through this and, and rightly divide that application. And so he sends them to the lost sheep of Israel, which is, again, I see as a callback to the last chapter we read when Jesus was moved with compassion about all these multitudes of people everywhere he went. He said they were like sheep without Without a a shepherd, shepherd. right? Mm -hmm. And so we see as he empowers and sends out his 12, they then provide some of this shepherding function. They are these workers and a further fulfillment of prophecy that we talked about, I guess, last week. Ezekiel 34 and other passages, the Lord is going to shepherd his people. And there are going to be towns that will not listen. That's right. There are going to be houses that will not receive and will not accept. So with the heart in the right place and seeing these people as poor sheep without a shepherd, uh, we're going to realize, yeah, but they're not exactly sheep, are they? Because they'll turn around and bite you and run you off. (laughs) Well, we've already heard about wolves in sheep's clothing, false teachers and false prophets. A fascinating thing for me is I know we find a time when James and John, and there's a Samaritan village that won't accept Jesus, and they say, let's call down fire and destroy them. And Jesus says, look, that's not what we're about. We're not about that. We're here trying to save souls. These guys are on a mission out there to try to save souls. And so when they go into a town that is that doesn't accept them, they mm-hmm. do call their peace back to them, but they don't call down fire from heaven on them. And yet at the same time, there is a recognition judgment is coming. So there's a picture of probably one of the severest judgments recorded in Scripture in the book of Genesis when he says, uh, if the village or the people will not take you or receive you, it would be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. Hey, would you would you read verse 15 from the New King James for me? Assuredly, I say to you, it will be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. Okay, so you, had, you, you were actually just reading it just a second ago. All right, didn't realize that. Um, so as I read that sentence, uh, there's, there's a part of me that wonders, wait a minute, exactly what is Jesus saying? Is Jesus saying that there is a day of judgment coming and the inhabitants of Sodom and Gomorrah will face judgment on that day and the inhabitants of whatever town you're going to 
will face judgment on that day. And on that day, it will be more bearable for those inhabitants of Sodom and Gomorrah. Or is he just highlighting, look, there was a day of judgment for Sodom and Gomorrah, and it was bad. Mm -hmm. It was really bad. Mm -hmm. And there will be a day of judgment for this town, and they need to understand it will be worse. So I think it's that one. Okay. I don't know if I read that with a good inflection, but I mean, that is my reading of it. Yeah, so here's the thing that you have to recognize. Judgment is coming, Mm -hmm. and if you reject Jesus, if this town rejects Jesus and rejects Jesus' word and rejects him as Messiah, when judgment hits, it is going to be worse, right? Worse. Only three people survived that judgment of Sodom and Gomorrah, and two of them, kind of questionable about about them. So uh, it's... um, uh, he, he's saying it, this is important stuff, and it's the the idea that those who have more will be held accountable for more. Now that we have the gospel of Jesus, now that Jesus has come onto the scene and his message has gone out, and we've heard from the apostles, when judgment comes, it is going to be intense if you have not surrendered to Jesus Christ. You think that's supposed to be part of the message? You know, as I'm as I'm thinking about practically how this goes, they go into a village. They got nothing with them. They're being friendly. They're seeking out people of hospitality. They're sharing and preaching this word. You know, is is judgment part of the gospel? Is is the reality that you have a choice? You know, like that sermon on the mount we were talking about a few weeks ago. Uh, the storm comes. The foundation's tested. There is judgment coming. I think there are perhaps two directions we can take this that both apply. That one. Jesus is highlighting that judgment is coming for Israel. Mm -hmm. If Israel, if the fathers won't return to the sons and the sons to the fathers, and if there's not repentance, there is going to be judgment that comes on Israel. And we're going to find that in 70 AD. And so the the judgment day for Israel is coming, and it will be bad, just like it was bad and even worse than it was for Sodom and Gomorrah, if you won't accept the message, which of course they didn't. They didn't accept it, and they ended up crucifying him. But I think there's also that application of final judgment, mm-hmm. that there is a final mm-hmm. judgment coming that we will all stand before, and our choice is follow Jesus, or or you know you won't escape the judgment. I think one of the things here, I, I don't think Jesus is saying, I'm coming, if you don't measure up, I'm going to judge you. Mm-hmm. I think he's saying, judgment is coming, Yeah, turn to me, and I'll save you. And I'll save you, yeah. And that is the powerful message of the gospel. Well, we'll have some more things to talk about along those lines. So glad that you've joined us today for Text Talk. Hope that you have a wonderful Monday and a truly blessed week. And let's have a prayer together. Our great God and Father, thank you, Lord, for today. Thank you for your word and for the scripture. As we're moving forward in Matthew 10, we are introduced to these 12 apostles. So significant, Father, in your plan of redemption and the foundation of your church. And as we look at their work and these preparations that Jesus gave them, May our hearts be prepared to be willing to serve you and to follow you and to make whatever sacrifices are required to be faithful to you. We know judgment is coming. We trust in Jesus Christ to save us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. 
Have a fantastic day. Steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne. We say that every time, like, well, actually remember how this is going to (laughs) work.